This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good morning, this is Talking Devils. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by United legend Paul Parker and living legend Dave Murphy. Uh, to talk over a great week at United. Um, utterly fantastic to um, deflate hopes that were rising. Um, if you're watching live on YouTube, if you can subscribe and get your comments in. If you're watching on Twitter, um, feel free to comment because I think they still show up on the stream. If you're listening back on the audio podcast, if you can subscribe and leave a positive review platform you're listening on, and that would be very much appreciated. Uh, Mr. Parker, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you very much, Mr. Barton. Good, and, and David, um, how, how are we today? I'm all right, Barton. Um, I don't get a mister, you don't get a Wayne. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm the, uh, considering the weekend, yeah, I'm doing okay. It's, it's it's sunny here in Ireland today, so I want to get out there and enjoy yeah. our summer for today. I had um, a momentary um, panic before we went live because I, you know, there's a lighting issue in my office where one side's well lit and the other side natural lit, um, and I look like a ghost. Which, considering I saw Manchester United play the weekend, is um, probably about right. Um, morning, guys. Asbjorn, um, he says, should it not be Sir Paul? Oh, well, we've written to the authorities, but they're just not answering my letters. Um, and Dan, uh, morning, Dan. I'll be doing well. Good to see you at the weekend, mate. Um, okay, right. Let's get into uh, Without an away win since the opening day of the season, filled the boots Old Trafford. Thoroughly deserved victory uh, given to them in a manner in which United have often snatched in the past. It will be scoring late on one of those games, really, where it was evident from about 20 minutes into it that you know United probably needed a Fulham goal to push them into action. It finally did come midway through the second half, and United still didn't liven up until the last five minutes. There's no coherence in the side, no rhyme or reason to anything they were doing with the play, no pattern in the build-up. Um, they get the goal from the roll of the dice with Maguire um, acting as predator on, on the goal line, basically. And United do this thing where you suddenly dream um, for the next, like, so the referee blows nine minutes stoppage uh, injury time, which I think was about right for the amount of usage that was going on with Fulham in the second half. And no bookings, no bookings. And I, I, I sat through a lot of games earlier this season where Anana was getting bookings for time wasting. And I get that you know, new rules that come in often do water out as the season goes on. But God, no bookings at all time wasting. Um, anyway, and there was a stoppage for Casemiro, so obviously nine minutes. You felt for like three or four of those, the United were actually going to win it, and then they have a turn where Triore is brought on, which to be fair is just a masterful substitution. Really, they knew they were going to get two chances. United would present them with at least two chances. They knew all they needed to do was to get Traore in front of Maguire. And he did, and he will be scores. Um, from my first glance, from where I was sitting in South Stand, it looked like it'd been one of those where it bounced off and on as forearm went in. But um, seeing it later on, he was just caught out positionally, which isn't any better. Um, Fulham, I mean, the woodwork, um, I know United did as well, but Fulham really, I mean, 
they were not the first team to come to Old Trafford and deserve the win thoroughly this season. United leave me scratching my head, wondering how many games have we outplayed the opposition because this was another one where we were outplayed by them. Um, before I come to you, Paul, Dan says, I've been on a rant via Twitter. I'm not calling it that. Yeah. Although I just did. As for me, Louis Martinez, Sean Hoyland is brutal. We have four players with pace. That's two of them. And all of these define much of how we play. What did we expect? We'll get on to the injuries and, and individuals in a little bit. Paul, on the balance of player, you were there. You got to see your old club win against your old club. Delightful for you there. No, it was very delightful. And as well, I made my debut watching the game in the Sir Alex Ferguson stand as well. It was a bit strange watching over that side. It didn't actually improve improve the viewing, of course, because it was shambolic. I mean, I think that's an understatement what I saw there. It was it was pitiful, I'm going to call that performance, to be perfectly honest. I look at Fulham, solid and very technical. And um, United were the polar opposite. Um, Fulham kept the ball better. They knew they knew what they was going to do next. They were very productive. United get the ball, and it's ponderous. I, I, I'm really not understanding how any manager can allow a centre half to have double figure touches weaving up the pitch. It, it's like watching a slow motion basketball game. The way and the man with the bananas on his feet bringing that ball up, and it's just slow, ponderous. And if you're going to start like that, you can't just suddenly switch switch on and suddenly become dynamic. It sets the tempo for the whole team when the centre-half is bringing the ball out. And you see how much respect that Fulham had for Harry Maguire with the ball. They kept letting him have it. They didn't try and close. All they did was wait for him to pass it, and then they went there knowing that he was going to give him a chance. They'd let him have it. And he's mostly feeling quite good about himself because he's slowly bringing the ball up. And then once he made that pass, Fulham just went bang, bang, bang. And it was just so blatant. And I'm sitting in the stand and everyone's sitting around me look, looking at me because there's a reason why I, I don't go and play the tables in Las Vegas because this gives things away. And I was just, I was, I was cringing. My missus was just there, was, was there kind of, Keep nudging me all the time, you know, because I was getting so I was getting anxious just watching how poor it was and thinking about when I was playing and and what you learn from being around good players, decent players, players who want to win games, players who will tell you when you're not playing your part in trying to win games. You have no more than three touches. Control another touch to set. The third is to give it. Even if you knock it 10 yards and change your position and get it back again, you've affected that team because they've, they've got to adjust. But someone touching the ball, and it looked terrible when he's bringing the ball out, by the way. He, you know, he, he might as well have been legless the way he was bringing out because it was that slow. And he's going in a straight line and nothing's changing. And Fulham just were just bouncing off the back of it. And... I'm not. I'm not sure in that part was what Ten Hag is thinking when he's allowing him to do that. I remember Delit at Ajax watching him with the ball. It was just boom, bang, back, and it was next thing just to change it. And everything is so so predictable, and it's gone back to the way it was before. And people around, and one bloke just turned around and said, "We couldn't have. We, you know, United with everything's going. We thought this." for last season up until the League Cup final. But yet, all of a sudden, we've got Manchester United still with Lindelof, Maguire and McTominay on the pitch. Yeah. And, and that's where yeah. things are. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dave, I, we're not going to complain for them deserving the win. Um, and I think Paul made you know, a good point about you know where we are with the players on the pitch. We talked about a year ago today, we won the League Cup. I have to watch that lot win yesterday, um, which is another thing in itself. In that, um, you know, you're all right, the league title is the position is kind of safe at the moment. You, you oh, as I say, Liverpool are fighting for it, don't get me wrong. And you know, the value of momentum and emotion might well take them all the way to winning it this season, but 
there's like a you know United are light years off Liverpool at the moment, and we saw with decrepit Liverpool side yesterday. They they pulled out of the back, and, and yeah, all right. Some people can say, well, that's the value of Klopp having been there for seven or eight years. That you know he's still that's his team, and they've got the same spirit. And yet, and and you see the disparity with what you saw in United on on Saturday. I do get that. Um, I'm not comparing the sides. I just mean what I'm saying about the Liverpool thing is that they still played at stick in terms of Liverpool's overall trophy. All United are close to that. This squad is still defending that. You know what I mean? And, and they're nowhere near. The, and and the performance on Saturday, um, I think I said it to you after the game, particularly as points and Zekadov. And don't get me wrong, I like you know. The weather was terrible. He got into Old Trafford. I presume all of us got into Old Trafford just about avoiding rain, which was good. Then he started lashing, and it was absolutely pouring down for like the first hour of that game. It was terrible. So don't get me wrong. The players come out for the second half. It's the rain is pouring down, and they're trying to lift themselves to, you know, like go again and go again, and the going on like a you know, bad pitch to get any momentum going. But no one was taking the, like, no one's taking the bit. No one was, <laughs> all right, well, it's my responsibility. I'm going to go and do that. And, like, I, I said it to you after, Dave, but it felt like a chore for those players. It felt like we'd made them go out to play football and they didn't want to play football. Like, most of the second half is like, why are we doing this? And, and obviously that translates to the fans as well, at some point, everyone's getting frustrated. If you don't want to be there, then that's what it looks like. No taking responsibility for it because they know really it's not going to be their day. But you don't write that off from like 20 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Someone's got to take responsibility, inject something. There was nothing, nothing at all. And I, we are going to talk about the individuals in a bit, but yeah, we can't complain that. Fulham deserve the win, but you expect more from a United team, right? Well, we had was like three or four minutes, and you really, you are, yeah. What you're investing in is the history of the club and not the squad and, and the players. Yeah, all right, got done it a few seasons. You're dreaming of an unlikely win based on the fact that you know United have got in their DNA and this squad. You know, they saw what they've got in their DNA. They shot themselves in the foot and. We are left now talking about an embarrassing defeat. Yeah, I mean, if, if I'm a Fulham supporter, I'm, I'm disappointed with 2 1. That's how that game went. I really am. Yeah. I'm, I'm going back down to London thinking this, you know, great winning at Old Trafford, but we should be living off this for years. This should, should have been 3 4 5 1. Um, you know, they played for, I don't know, five minutes max at the end and then still got beat. Um, it's probably one of the probably one of the worst games I've seen in a very 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 long time. Um, there's just no leaders. And we're going to talk about that in a bit. There's no motivation. Uh, I I just don't understand. I know it's it seems to be cliche at the moment on on X, but um, <clears throat> I I don't I don't understand what they do all week. I really don't. And and if what they're doing all week is what we saw, it's that's just shocking. I mean. Paul's right. Fulham were encouraging United to give Harry Harry Maguire the ball. They were encouraging. It was just when he got the ball, you could actually take a nap for twenty seconds, knowing that it wasn't going to leave his feet. You know, mm. knowing that you weren't going to miss anything other than him going backwards, forwards, sideways, backwards, forwards. You know, stop, turn around. It was, and Fulham were just you know they're just putting men behind the ball, going, "This guy hasn't got a clue what he's doing." All we got to do is stand here. He, he's no options because because no one else is looking for the ball. Uh, it, and it clearly was like Sunday league football for most where the guys come out of the dressing room, see it's pouring rain. I'm like, oh my God, I should be in bed right now. This is ridiculous. Um, and like I said, we, we'll get on to one or two players later on, as you said, that I don't want to bring up right now. But we were absolutely terrible on Saturday. Um, I mean, there was there was there was a time. I think it was around the twentieth minute or so, uh, where you know they got a corner, and fifteen seconds later, Fulham had a chance. Yeah. That's that's how bad it was. It was just like the end of a preseason. 
um, tour and it's just, you know, we're trying to get some fitness levels up and they, they can't even be accused of that because none of them had. It was just shocking. It was really, really bad. I thought the substitutes were terrible. Um, you know, Casemiro going off didn't help. But at the end of the day, we can't keep saying that, you know, oh, you know, we're missing Martinez, we're missing this player, we're missing that. There's literally no game plan. That's the way it looks to me. There's no game plan at all. It's give it to Harry yeah. Maguire and then hopefully, hopefully that other team will part the way so he can pass a ball. Yeah. Now, I don't want to oh. criticize Harry Maguire because at the end of the day, he, he was probably one of our better performers, you know, and he ends up coming up with the equalizer. But that's not the level that we should be at. Everything has to go through Harry Maguire and it's it's absolutely and, and it's I don't even I don't even know what the plan is to go through Harry Maguire when he gets the ball. What's he supposed to do? Teams just sit back and just go, What are you gonna do next? And we have no idea what we are doing next. I watched a good bit of football over the weekend. I didn't watch an eye that match of the day, to be honest. Um but every other team seems to have a bit of urgency in it. Every other team that I watched the weekend, there's urgency in the team to get forward. With us, it's we get the ball, we give it to that statue that plays in goal, and then all he does is gives it to Maguire, who knocks it across the box, and then panic ensues. I'm like, this is yeah. going on a year and a half. It's not working. We don't have the players for that. How can a professional yeah. manager not see that, that this is not working? And it doesn't work. And I'm, I'm not buying into the whole, well, we're missing Martinez. Well, then find a game, find plan B then, because he's been held yeah. for months. Well, let me jump into that because, I mean, there's a few comments in here and, and Dan, um, he, as he earlier said about the missing players, I've been about the um, the squad being un unintelligent. Patrick there, good morning. Um, he says, so, surely none of us can be too surprised about the recent performance. We just about got over the lines in the recent games. We are who we are, sadly. And Dan, again, says there is a game plan, but we don't have the players to play with. Lose a few, of course, the manager needs to show pragmatism, and that's a failure. Not only that, um, obviously the balance is a big issue. I don't think, like, we've had this conversation about Luke Shaw in recent weeks about where, how well he was or wasn't playing when he was back. But the point is that he had balance, and Lindelof over there, there's nothing on the left-hand side. So at the weekend, he put um, he started with the young lad, Forson, but he puts him on the right because he can't put him on the left. He can't put him on the left because Lindelof's there. So he puts him on the right because Dallow has got more experience there, even though Dallow's not an experienced or strong enough defender to handle a rookie playing in front of him. So then you've got an imbalance in the side anyway. So you don't yeah, have that before, kind of sorry, before, before you move on from that way though, but but by doing that, he he took two players out of their not out of the positions that they'd been doing well in and put them in positions that they're not doing well in. He put Garnaccio on the left and he put Rashford up front. Yeah. You know, I've I've criticized Rashford a lot. But what I will say, on the left lately, he's been playing he's been playing better. Yeah. He was non existent on Saturday, and Garnaccio has just been, you know, out of this world since he's on the right. And this is what I'm saying, that there doesn't seem to be any other plan other than we have to play it through our centre back. And then when we do that, yeah. it just it's it's I don't know. Yeah. Look, I mean, this is the benefit of hindsight, but we're also, this is the benefit of talking about this for the rest of the season. And it's not something like we've not talked about. Is that you would have thought the penny would have dropped with the manager at this point where there's no point, like Dallow doesn't bring that much on the right that it's not worth moving him over because he, he can play on the left. So try something different on the right. Even try, if you want to try Lindelof, have him on the right because he's right-footed and he can run that line. Or if you're not going to play him there, play Amrabat there because we've played all season with a cavern at left back which other teams have just exploited repeatedly and they did that on Saturday Fulham came knowing that Lindelof can't play that line and United were going to predictably play him so if you do something different if you play like say Amrabat at right back and play Dallow at left back at least then you've got some square pegs in some square Roles like not the best, but it's horses for courses, and then you can build on that in front. If you've got to try and hold your forwards into the places in which they're supposed to play, if you don't have Hoyland there, then try something different. Try McTominay in that front line. The, at least he's been scoring goals, and you're not actually relying on him to carry the ball anywhere. 
just put him there for a game and see what happens with that rather than bring on for Casemiro. And don't get me wrong, Casemiro had to come up. I understand that. But already then, because that's an hour in, just an hour in, you've got the manager thinking we've got to try and score a goal. So he brings McTominay on for Casemiro and it upsets the balance of a team that wasn't anything all retention. Anyway, the obvious solution there is Ericsson, but he doesn't do it because he's panicking about chasing the win. The comment from Joe says, is there a case for total change in formation? It's not like things that can get worse. And this is where we come on to really, because this is, we talk about these um, the players. I'll come to you, Paul, first with this one. So, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Martinez and Shaw missing and the balance. I'm talking about Lindelof at left. It was obvious at the weekend that, like you said, there were weak spots in the defence, like Maguire, they're letting him have the ball. Lindelof, they're looking to exploit that. Like The, the point was, when they brought Traore on, that there was a space between Lindelof and Maguire that he was going to absolutely destroy for 10 minutes. Um, and so teams are targeting that. United should shouldn't be allowing them that kind of vulnerability. They should at least be like saying, "All right, we know we're injured in the back line, but this is the best we can do with it, and we're gonna at least gonna have some of our own balance in there at the moment." And by the way, I'm not. I understand injuries, and I understand, and I've been the first person to defend the manager all throughout this. But they're the same old problems every single week, aren't they? You should have now. By now, this is on the manager, not the injuries. But you should have had a better solution to what we've seen, right? Yeah, I think the most obvious one for me is that Lindelof played a lot of games for Benfica at right back. Dallo can do be more than able on the left hand side and do a job, so you get a little bit more going defensively. Dallo isn't at his best; he's better. He's definitely better. His defending has improved, but the team would have been better balanced on on with um, Lindelof at right. And Lindelof would have done a lot better job on the right side. He'd be more yeah. than able to do a job on that side. But he didn't. He decided to carry on doing what he's doing. And as you said, Fulham saw it. The moment Triori come on, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't going to work out. When you attack that side with Lindelof, He's unbalancing, he's attacking and he's defending because he didn't want anyone to go to go outside him on that left side. And you've got Harry Maguire who either side is slow. Um, you know he's you know he's gonna give fouls away, always gonna give fouls away, pull him back. Um so he, he got it, he got it wrong. And the same there's so many people out who who are now were kind of Hope that they want every majority of people want Ten Hag to be given the opportunity to go out and become the first manager to actually get get the opportunity to manage them with finances available rather than having to chase or wait and wait and wait until the last minute and then having to go and spend fortunes on the same player you could have got for a third of the price. But the way he's going about sometimes his selection. And the substitutions during games, it does get people scratching their heads. It certainly does. And just being in just being in the um the Sir Alex Ferguson stand and listening to what people are saying, you're hearing some of the shouts. You know, it isn't it hasn't gone to the extreme yet about the manager, but you can see people are saying it about him yeah. and they don't really want to be saying it. They're saying it and they're saying it because they want they want him to do better than what he's doing. And it is tough for him. It's tough losing the fact of three, three key players. We can't say they're the greatest or whatever, but we know that Martinez is the best is the best defender at the club. Yeah. You know that his presence, the fact of he leads by example, and it, it saw the improvement when he did come back in that little short little stint before he got his, this next injury. The difference he made there, and it's and he's been severely missed since. Luke Shaw gives balance on the left. Even if he might not have been right over the few games, you can see the difference in, in him being there. Yeah. That's been taken, and that has definitely been taken away. We know there is, again, issues now in midfield. And there was something you could see brewing between Casemiro and Maitlou. There was something there. There was, there was something going on. But he still needs help. I feel sorry for the young lad, Forson. Yeah. Forson, 
I feel sorry for him. What happened to him at the weekend? It was a wrong time to be bringing him in in the game in the game like that. And the manager, as much as he wants to try and help people by trying to get, when you bring a young lad in, like we bring a young player in, you give them the best opportunity to go out on that pitch and make him comfortable. And he didn't go and do that. So that lad now is sitting, maybe sitting now this morning, back at training, knowing what, he's, you know, he was there at the weekend, knowing that he'd come off after second half, come off quite early in the second half. Is he feeling, I haven't done my job? Was it my fault? And how's his head at this moment in time, by the way, what the manager done? So there is questions to be asked, but we have to look at it. Is And the, the best thing to throw out in my for the manager is, got to look what he's working with. The people who were working for him, for him to try and bring him what he wanted. And we've seen those people just weren't good enough. They was playing their own little game. It was like all friends getting together. Should we get him? Oh, yes, oh, yeah. And we can tell people what we're doing because we're at the biggest club in the world and we're buying players. Oh, he can have him. Let him deal with it. And we'll sit back and let him take the brunt of it. So Ten Hag has walked into a situation where... Yeah. Managers before had been there. One, you know, it's as, it's as simple as that. It's a it's a no thank you task at this moment in time at Manchester United. And the longer this goes on, we're looking at it and think someone's the way the talking's going on. He's going to be pushed out of a job because of what's going on, which is out of his control. The players are going to cost yeah. him his job. And those players, most of you are thinking it's not a problem because we've still got next season as well. But you read about what's been said and you can't believe everything what's been said because everybody thinks they know everything now because of social media. They know this, they know someone who knows this. Everyone's talking the truth. But you read the bits about he's going to have a clear out. So if, as it said in the paper during that time, like um, was it January? No, sorry, last summer I think it was about Harry Maguire, about, sorry, or whenever it was, when, um, last summer or the January window, West Ham wanted Harry Maguire, but Harry Maguire said he didn't want to leave because, unless he gets unless he gets all this money that's on his contract. Yeah. I would turn around and Manchester United should be in the, put themselves in that position of going for the long for the long term, the, the longer game is go, I'll tell you what, rather than us having to suffer you being this club to get that money at the end of that, have that now, have it now, enjoy yourself, then go out there and you find exactly what it's like to be foreseen as a poor, poor player in a poor, poor Manchester United team. And you come here, you've got to win the fans over. And more importantly, you've got to go and win over those players in the dressing room who suspect you're not that good and suspect yeah. that you've been a little bit, little bit of a sneaky snaky while you was at the biggest club in the world. Go and yeah. deal with that uh, situation because there, has, there hasn't been many people, Wayne, as you know, who have left Manchester United and kept up a level. Yeah, no, it's it's fair thing. And I think that's the point with the United squad is that they've got that much rot in, in there. But this was always going to come. I think this is the point, isn't it, Dave? That, I mean, like a lot of us know and understand that. Dan made the point in the comments there. Um, I'll just come back to it. Um, Apart from Patrick's comment there, um, I just want to refer to this very quickly. It says, Forson's inclusion says a lot about Anthony. I think he came on for about three minutes at left-back. At left-back, he came on for three minutes. Um, Dan, uh, Dan's comment earlier about what did we expect, and I think that this is a thing like, do we expect better? Are the managerial changes now, when we, we see what he's doing with the, the squad or what he's not doing with the squad, how much of it lies with him or the injury crisis and um, I look at it Dave and I, and I look I, I genuinely I am concerned about it because I think I've given the manager I've cut him a lot of slack there and over the period of the season like I got the injuries I'm talking like September October I was saying look get ready for a rough ride because there's a massive disparity there we've got rid of a lot of players over the year in which he'd been in charge He'd been ruthless with that, but what you're left with is obviously this disparity of players who just aren't good enough and they're getting called in. Their attitude wasn't right. They were ready to move on. All these players that we, we don't need to name them all, all the ones like, I don't know, 
we, we've said Maguire a lot because he, he played on Saturday and he featured so heavily in the, the, the sort of pattern of the game. But he's only one of many who the managers had to so bad rely on when they're not, you know, the things. So how much of it, I mean, is it is it fair? Because, I mean, this is the evidence which Ratcliffe and Ineos are then making the decision, basically. And are they going to look at the squad and say, the squad are culpable? Because I really, I look at it and I think both of them, and you just, we look like we're going to be in a better position to be more ruthless with everything. Um, like writing off players, like you know, like moving on and things like that, but obviously that doesn't save the manager. Um, and I, I go back to the point a year ago today, when the trophy people were looking up, we were thinking the future's really rosy under Tenog. Um how, how concerned are you at the moment when you look at, look at the evidence and that we did have a little upturn in form, it looked like things were getting better, but then the injuries have crept in and this massive disparity is there again. Do we have to, uh, a plan B from him at this moment in time, based on the the tools that he's got. Yeah, I mean it's 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 hard to criticise him, but it's hard not to criticise him. It's 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 a really it's 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 one that I I, I go back and forward in my head all the time. Um, and you know I'll go on a bit of a Wayne uh, long answer here, so sorry about that, Paul. Um, so basically, it's it's one of those situations whereby. There's, there's arguments for both sides here, okay? Um, a manager always wants to have a fully fit squad. And when he has a fully fit squad, then he can be judged. Unfortunately for Ten Hag, we, he's never really got a good run of that, especially this season. Uh, and, and when he did, after Christmas, you know, it, it, it was going pretty well. That said, you know, we weren't, we weren't beating Real Madrid, we weren't beating Liverpool, Arsenal or City. That's not disrespecting the other teams that we were playing. I'm just saying that we weren't coming up against anyone that that you know we would normally look at the table and go, yep, three points there. Um, so I I do feel for him with the injuries, but there has to be a better plan. When we have injuries, every team has injuries, but every other team above us seems to be able to manage those injuries a lot better. You know, you look at Liverpool's team yesterday; it was completely decimated. They had players on that you had to Google and like, who the hell is this guy? And they still went on and won the, you know, won the, the League Cup. Arsenal, the same thing. They've, they've been decimated. The only team that, that can afford to have 11 players injured is Man City, and we all know why, you know, because, you know, they, they can just throw as much money at it as they, as they want. But every other team manages 100 times better than Ten Hag does when, when we have injuries. He doesn't have a plan B. That's very, very clear. And, and that's the criticism I will give him, is that, for a manager that is is supposed to be deemed in you know one of the best in the world when he came to Manchester United, to not have a plan, to not know what to do when you have three injuries is absolutely mind blown. It's shockingly bad. Um, uh, you know, I I, I want to see ten. I think we all want to see ten Hag do well, uh, but that has to he has to give us something. He has to give us something. Right now, all he's giving us is is lame excuses. I mean, he came out after the game and he said we dominated. That's that's. It, does he think we're idiots? Hmm. It's absolutely ridiculous to come out with that comment. We we like I said earlier on. I'm a Fulham fan. I'm disappointed with. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 2-1 at Old Trapper. They, they, should, have, they should have smashed us by more. Um, it, it, it is that thing. I like the guy. I, I, think, he's, I think he's come in and he's, he's stamped his authority down. But if there's no plan B, we need to have a plan B. Um, and that's the unfortunate thing. 
We can't just keep saying, oh, he has injuries. Every club has injuries. It's ridiculous. We, but every club seems to manage it and seems to change formation or seems to do something yeah. different. Like you said earlier on, try something different. Throw McTominay up front. Leave the two players that are out on the wings in the positions that they've come accustomed to. But if you are going to change it, I mean, Anthony was brought up earlier on. Why didn't he just play Anthony on the right? It just, yeah. It's mind-blowing, it is. Some of the things he does, especially the substitutions, make absolutely no sense at all. And, you know, you gotta, if you got to pat him on the back and say, listen, he has, he has his way of doing it and he's not going to change. But unfortunately, that may lose him his job because yeah. not having a plan B for a manager of his experience is absolutely mind-blowing. It really is. And, and, David, and trust, the injuries thing, I'm tired. Yeah, David, trust me, there is someone in the ear of, um, of Sir Radcliffe um, or in the ear of one of his good mates who knows an agent and they're push, they're throwing names at them. They're, they're doing that. Yeah. They're, they're actually doing that because at the end of it, it's all about do, getting someone into her money and there's someone there trying to push for him to make that change, saying to him, you can do that. You're a new person. You, it's, what, it's what they do. It's what, it's, yeah. it's what happens generally. New, new people come, a new regime, they have their own man at the top. So it feels like we're in control. We're doing that and that man's going to govern that. Very rarely do, yeah. do they keep that manager and normally, if they do keep that manager, bang, it's not long before they've gone. So, yeah. and that's what the whole thing has been pushed. The media are trying to push. They they want they want to change at Old Trafford because they want content for the next bit where they yeah. can talk again, yeah. start talking from 2013 and go through the whole scenario from 2013 to now. So it's a fantastic yeah. story. And maybe it might be the only thing that will get Liverpool off the box or winning the Potsy League Cup. So, never know. Um, well, let's talk about two players who um, we've not mentioned so far, who are um, fairly obvious that we should do. Um, so, Rashford and Bruno came in for a lot of criticism for their performances of the weekend, as they've done in, in recent weeks for the general performance. Bruno has really been out of form, out of sorts. He's had a couple of good flashpoints, but generally very poor. And Rashford, we all know that he's... Um, He's been a little bit better on the left, but generally it's been a very disappointing season for him. Um, two players, really, who you don't look at as... The, at their best, really, at their best, you don't look at them as players and you say, well, they've left their imprint all over that game, that they've dominated, they've run that game of football. They might influence the, the result of the game. They might determine the result. You might say that they've had a massive say on it in that part, but you don't say that that play was all over that game. You know, like you can say now, Manu was all over a game of football. You can see that with games of football, how much they dominate. Casemiro sometimes has done that as well. But you don't see that with Rashford or, or Bruno. What you did see last season with Rashford was a lot of goals to compensate for that. What you do see with Bruno is the numbers generally speaking, because the stats seem to back up his influence, but they only back up his influence in, in comparison with the fact that United are relatively poor. So, he, you know, the, the top um, assister in the side that he creates more chances than most players in the league is kind of relative to the situation and the teams that United are playing against and the fact that there's so much reliance on him, all those kind of things. It doesn't speak volumes for how impressive he is in performance, on Saturday, you needed one. We needed both of them to step up, and um, it's quite close to quite the worst, but maybe as poor as I've ever seen Bruno play. A lot of people have said that he put in a lot of effort, but I, I felt him and I thought United were looking for leadership, and the captain was nowhere to be found. They were looking for leadership, and one of the senior players, the most high-profile, was nowhere to be found, and. The question mark that we've had over these in the past, we've always given the benefit of the doubt because they've been the better players in a poor United side. So you don't start with those. You start with the weaker points. We always had the comment, me and Paul, like just before Dave joined us on a full-time basis, the conversation we always had where we would land back on with Rashford and Bruno is, yeah, they've done great to this extent. They're the better in this side, but can you see them in a side that wins the league? And we're already there asking that question with these players anyway, because we the, the proof is in the pudding. 
they're, they're not. They wouldn't be in a, a side that wins the league. Um, you might they might find an argument for for Bruno being in there, but he'd still be the erratic player in there. He'd be the one taking the chance, losing possession of the ball. Chief culprit losing possession of the ball in a team that desperately needs ball retention. You can carry that, carry that liability if he's creating the chances and you're winning games and getting away with it, or or if or otherwise good in ball retention. But we're not. If we don't have that, then giving it the ball to Bruno so he can be speculative. With players who are not good at keeping the ball on the other end of receiving the pass. It's a very, it's a dangerous player to carry in your side and and. When the chips are down like they were on Saturday, you really needed them to step up. Um, the, I guess there are bigger picture things to think about. Um, so you, I don't really know how much. I don't want to be too critical. I, I've been fairly critical there of, of both of them. If it was a worrying performance from them, wasn't it? I mean, uh, I'll start with Bruno. Uh, when 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 Bruno was given the the captaincy, I thought it was a good move. I really did. I thought he was probably one of the only players on our team that was capable of taking on that responsibility. And um, unfortunately for Harry Maguire, he wasn't getting into the team. It just didn't make any sense to keep that pressure on him because the media were were constantly bringing it up that you know the captain doesn't even get into the start and doesn't even get into the squad. So I think it was a good move of Ten Hag to take it away from Maguire. And at the time, I thought it was a good move to give it to Bruno. Um, I mean, hindsight's a great thing. Uh, I think he's actually one of the worst captains we've had in a long time. Um, all he does is complain. That's all. He he spends 80% of his game chasing officials around the pitch, moaning and complaining. Um, I'm, I'm sure we've seen you've seen that clip that's doing the rounds now on, on Twitter as well of, of the, the, the tackle on him um, just outside the box where he just collapsed into a heap. And and I can remember myself because I, I was in the Sir Alex Ferguson stand as well. And, I, and I'm just focused on him and and we're still attacking and he's rolling around the ground throwing his hands in the air when he wasn't even touched i mean mm. it's like get the f- up and and help your team it's so frustrating it is watching the goal and he's just sitting there we're still trying to attack now we're one man down in the attack because he's just rolling around the floor like an idiot and that's what it looked like he looked like an idiot and it's even worse when you see it back it's it's yeah. shameful that a captain of Manchester United behaves in that manner. So, like I said, in the beginning, I thought, you know what? He was probably the best one at, at that moment to give the captaincy there. But he's been by far one of the worst captains I've ever seen. He's he's terrible. Harry Maguire was a better captain than him. Harry Maguire lost the captaincy because he wasn't getting into the team. It wasn't through lack of effort. It wasn't through lack of responsibility. Bruno Fernandes has no idea what it means to be a captain, I'm afraid. He really doesn't. He, he hasn't changed one bit and all he does is runs around and he's just he's crying at the referee all the time that's all he does he must be the most annoying player he's 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 today's version i'd imagine of craig bellamy just that irritating in your ear constantly all the time um and listen i'm a i'm a, I'm a big fan of bruno uh, i know he gets criticized for giving the ball away but honestly to be fair to him he's the only one that seems to want to try something Yes, he gives the ball away um, at, at times, but I'm sorry. But for me, it's like if, if he wasn't trying things, nothing would be happening in a game. That's that's the positive I'll give to Bruno. Yes, he gives it away, but with players like him, uh, unfortunately, that's 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 the, the negative side of that. If he's going to be constantly trying things, he is going to give the ball away. There's not many players that, that, that can hit that 100% mark, even the high 90% of with players like him. Um, so with Bruno, I'm still a you know I still still think there's a place in the team for him. But he, Jesus, someone needs to take him aside and say you're a grown man. You know this is a professional sport. Will you stop doing that? I remember that story that Ferguson said, and even the players had had taken Ronaldo aside and said you you just don't do that here. That's ridiculous. Stop that diving. Stop that collapsing on the ground. And Ronaldo's game took off. I mean, it wasn't just because of that conversation, but it helped his game. Stop falling on the ground for no reason. Um, and Marcus Rashford is, in my opinion, he shouldn't even be in the squad. Um, I know he's improved lately, but the, the lack of respect he shows the club and the fans by just trotting around that pitch, let's be honest, that's all he does. He does absolutely nothing. It's shameful. Absolutely shameful that we're paying him over 300 grand a week 
and he doesn't care. He really doesn't care. And we, we've criticised players in the past about that, about that, doesn't seem to care. Marcus Rashford makes it obvious he doesn't care. He doesn't even chase mm-hmm. ball. He does nothing. And then, to <coughs> me, it felt like he was sulking for being put up front. That's what it felt like for me on Saturday. But he was non-existent for the whole time he was on that pitch. And how he remains on the pitch baffles me. You know, when there's players getting taken off and you're like, well, at least he tried. But that boy does absolutely nothing. If if yeah. if PSG offered us, I don't know, two Fredo bars, I'd take that and move Rashford on. It, it's absolutely, he's just terrible. Absolutely terrible. Well, and and, and I, I know he got a lot of goals last year. But I think we all knew that, and you 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 had mentioned it a few times. Once those goals dry up, we're going to really see what he offers, and he offers nothing. He offers absolutely nothing, and it's it's I don't know. This is another part of where I criticise the manager. Why are you picking him every single week? There's got to be a kid in the academy that will burst a lung to play at that game on Saturday. Has to be, and even Troy McTominay yeah. up front. You know he's yeah. what is he? Our, is he our second top scorer in the, in in the league? It's it's Marcus Rashford is for me. The sooner we get him out of the club, I personally believe he's the last of that Pogba brigade, the Lingard, the dancing in the dressing room. Outside influences are more important than actually showing up for the club. And um, the sooner we move Marcus Rashford and we get anything, anything north of fifty million, it it would it'll be a bonus. Or I'll back, Dave. So what you really think? Um, Mark says the uh, um, the social clip that's going around has an Al Bruno has been yeah. like this all season. It's not even this season. He's, that's just part of him. I remember there was an interview with him a couple of years ago, and you know, like they used to, I think I said this on a, a pod a couple of weeks ago about they used to say about Rooney and his temper, and he was like, "Well, if you take it that out of him, he's not the same player." And he said Bruno said something like that. You know, if you take this out of me, I'm not the same player. What if you take the moaning and diving and rolling around out of you? Yeah, you'd be a better player. <laughs> You're not the same player. Be like, oh, I need that to stay like motivated or whatever. I'm like, no, that's. I guess that's a contrast with modern footballers. I mean, Paul, like Dave, just being exhaustive there with everything we've kind of said with Bruno and Rashford in the past. Um, is there anything, anything to add to that? I mean, I know that you, we've said the same things, haven't we? You know, like it, it was just a low point on Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and. I, I might have seen the game a little bit differently if I'd have been watching it at home or I would have been maybe working on the game. But actually sitting there watching it and with everyone around me, excuse me, it didn't. It did make a difference, and it 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 made, it made me feel quite low to be honest. And then I, you go downstairs and you see the old, you see all the old pros. Old. I mean, I saw Stuart Pearson, Sammy, Sammy Mack. Um, Frank Stapleton, I was about to say Snoz, um, Lee Martin, Beardo, and you see them, and you look, all, all, and you just see them around, and they're just staring across, and all you do, you put your arms out, and you go like that. You know, it was just, it was just like that. It was very, very quiet. Straight after the game downstairs, it was just, you don't know whether or not. Definitely, people weren't shocked, but people just didn't really want to talk because they knew whatever was going to come out of their mouth was going to be negative. It wasn't going to be good. So the whole, it seemed to change everything. People didn't really want to talk about it. And being in that stand and that spell where it just went and they went gung-ho. It was like Manchester United of old. They went gung-ho and normally if I wasn't playing it, it when after. You'll see it and you think they're going to go and score two, three here. And it was like all this, and, the, and all of a sudden, it was the it was the best bit of the game, atmosphere wise. Even my wife got into it, and she's West Ham Darf. She was going, and I was looking at her, kind of going, "What's going? What are you doing?" And, and she just went with it. And then Harry, then you know, the goal, you know, after the goal, and then Fulham. This moment Fulham scored, bang! It, you could have just gone poof. You, someone's just straight away just switched off the noise, and everyone then moved downstairs. Just gone. Yeah. It was it was like that. And United of this era can't go gung ho because they haven't got a good enough back four in there. They haven't got a good enough midfield player who's gonna sit in there and do a job. They can't they can't do it. On the subject of Marcus Rashford, I, I think Dave's, Dave is right. And for him, 
if, 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 if his attitude's not right and he's not happy, come out and say it. Get a bit of respect back. Let him go for something. Going to be regrettable. The thing that's holding the whole thing together is the fact of he's seen as a local boy. And that's what's trying to hold it. United have, stopped, have got to stop putting PR first and start looking at getting a team out on the pitch of players who want to play and willing to run. The most undynamic team in the Premier League. That's what Manchester United are. No pace, no energy. Um, you don't have to train every single day to have energy because that will get you going. Um, yeah. It's as simple as that. Marathon runners do not run 26 miles to train. They train to prepare their body to be hurt. Uh, Marcus Rashford is not preparing himself to be hurt in a, in a game of football. Let him go somewhere else. And like I said about, about everyone, let him go somewhere else and understand what they, what they lost because they just didn't really accept it and respect what they actually had. Yeah. It's, as, it's as simple as that. And that's, and that's what's got to happen with him. Bruno Fernandes, everyone's argument about Bruno... First thing, and Dave said it at the top of what he was saying, and Wayne joined in the back of it, said numbers. And that's what people do, all the fanboys. I never understood what a fanboy was, and all of a sudden I realised what it is, and it's, it's a mad world we're going into now when players, when people are supporting a player rather than a team. It's great, yeah. that, isn't it? And what they're doing really more than anything, they're taking the easy way out. It's a yeah. cop-out, complete cop-out. Um, but you've got, you got to justify what Bruno, is it good for the team? It isn't good for the team. I talked about this when I was in the, um, when I was in hotel football before the game and I talked about my debut against Notts County and I was absolutely, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I was crapping myself and I never, never done that before Old Trafford and I played there for QPR. I was always just, it was just, wow, wow. I was going around and, if we started right, things would be good. Got through the game when we're two new up and I was mentally, I was tired. I was so tired because emotionally it was a big one for me. And I remember I've gone into the middle and I've made a challenge. Someone's hit me and I've gone down and I just, everything just went, oh. And I'm lying on the floor. Robbo's come across to me and he's kind of, blimmin' out, Robbo's talking to me. All right, all right, Pop, what's up? Yeah, are you right, Paul? Yeah. I think I'm all right, Pop. I think I think I'm all right. Yeah, I think I'm all right. Well, you better effing get up then, didn't you? And I kind of went, oh, right. Yeah. And I cut, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got up and I'm, you know, I want to say I'm fit. I'm still ready to go. And it was, you know, it's back end of the game. The game was won. But it just, and that's the one of the things. Players, they don't want to get up. They want to lie on the floor. And he just said it to me. There was a game still going on. He could. That time it could have been stay down. We're going to waste a bit of time. No, get up. You're not hurt, and that's and that's my head. I think about it. why do you want to do that to yourself? Why 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 have you, Bruno, made yourself look a complete and utter fool by doing what he what's kind of gone out over the weekend? This has been going on forever, but this has been this has been publicised more than I've ever seen. If you've got children in school, they're going to see that. You've got family. People are going to be laughing. People are going to be saying it to them. You're disrespecting your friends and family by doing what you're doing. It looks embarrassing. Um, and like what's at the top of it, numbers. It doesn't mean anything. You judge people what they do over 90 minutes and you watch them in a the game. Don't throw up about opportunity, you know, who would, who's judging what is a good chance? Who's, your idea of a good, good chance, Wayne, Dave, is going to maybe be different to mine. What is a good chance? What is a great pass? What is an opportunity? We don't know. That's what these numbers are in football. Because we know football, yeah. the way it is, you can, numbers are difficult to use because the game, you can't control the game because the game, the game doesn't really stop in that sense. It's easy with rugby and cricket and all those kind of games where you can use these stats. All of them are great. Not in football, unless you get live stats, which they're you know, just doing it, just, Doing that in America now in the MLS, they're doing lives, doing live stats. Yeah. So I'm not having that with Bruno. I'm not having him as a captain, as a person you look at. Given what happened the weekend, that should be blatantly obvious to people. That if he turned round and has a go at one of his players for something, off the back of what he's done now, and he's trying to yeah. tell someone to get up, we're losing the game. I don't think he can he can speak on behalf of anybody. You look at um talk about giving the ball away. It was a good argument for that. 
but he has the ball maybe more than most. He goes looking for it. He doesn't go missing. But the one reason why this is the biggest club in his career, reason why it's happened quite late, and they're almost looking, cool, we've you know, done this, is because of his discipline. His discipline with the ball when he plays, his positional discipline. He plays the game and he's on his own. He does not play in a unit. He won't yeah. sacrifice himself to do someone else's job. If they haven't done it, he won't go and do that job and then talk about it later. You played with Paul Ince and Roy Keane. They'll come across, do your job for you because maybe a reason you can't do it or you've forgotten to do your job and they'll turn around and tell you. And you'll go, yeah. oh. And that's, and that's how it works. But we had a lot of players who did that and they didn't need an armband. With today's world... Yeah. People keep saying it, and you said it, Dave. Everyone talks about now is there's no there's, we haven't got a leader. No one's really going to get those kind of people in this country are going to disappear. In English wise, it may be happening everywhere. I don't know what's happening in other countries because I don't live there. But in this country, we're going to lose those kind of people because football now has gone away from the working class, the working class kids, the Brian Robsons, the Roy Keens, those kind of people. Their backgrounds made them want to get out from where they're from. And when they got the opportunity, they went and grabbed it. And they wanted other people to to understand that as well. They're doing it, so you do it. Kids now coming into football are not coming in with the same passion. They're coming in because I want to be a footballer, not because it's my it's everything I'm going to put my life into. I'm desperate to be there going, I want to be a footballer because I can get a nice car. I can get a nice toilet bag. I can go on social media and get all these people to follow me before I even play in the first team. I can have 50,000 followers because yeah. of this and that. They don't know how to lead because they've never had that kind of life. Those kind of kids who play off the cuff, the creativity, the improvisation, they'll take them, put them into a classroom situation from being a street player, a park player, playing with their friends and mentally coach them and tell them, Simple, 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 simple. And take all the ingredients away from them to get them to be stat players. And that's why in this country, as English, we're losing it. Everyone talks about these great players we've got. We've got good foreign players, great foreign players playing with our players. And yet we're telling ourselves that we've got this great league. We've got this. The problem is we're not, we're not actually furnishing our own. We're actually taking away the goodness out of our own players. We've got one player and one player only in this country who plays like a street player because he's got a manager who will respect respect that because that manager had the best player in the world playing for him. And that one player yeah. is Phil Foden. Yeah. Still plays as a street player because he's got a manager who respect that. All the other managers we will we'll, and all these coaches in his academy will take all that away from these players because the likes of a Gaza, the last of that, the last one that we had, you know, the last great one we had up at this point. You try and get Gaza sitting there and someone's drawing on the board and showing him videos, this and that. Give, give, give me the ball and I'll go and do this, and you'll you'll bounce off of me because the next time around you've got an idea that I'm going to do the unexpected. So people would make it's a bit like Eric, Eric's ball. Yeah. Um, I'm always going to remember this one because it was. When I scored scored my only Premier League goal for Manchester United it was the Tottenham game. Eric's pass yep. to Dennis Irwin. Did that just yep. happen? Did someone coach Eric that in the classroom, or was it the fact of Eric done all different things and he and that ball goes into him? Dennis Irwin makes that run because there might be a chance that Eric, the way his body was shaped, and only Eric could actually get it to him like that in that kind of ball. And that's the bit yeah. that we're missing in that on that side and. And that's where and that's where the game is at the moment. So there's there's a lot a lot that needs to be changed. It isn't it isn't going, going to be changed. And the likes of the um Marcus Rashford, that with that ingredients of that heart was there to run. And now he's got what he's he wanted. I still look at I still look at it and this is this I think the the bit off the field completely took him in the wrong direction. If a Sir Alex Ferguson had been manager, Marcus Rashford would not have been had that involvement. Any involvement was going to be done when the boss said it was going to be done. He would be telling him when he could maybe do something and what he can do. So that bit there, what what he got involved in when we was all cooped up and the press went mad on it, affected him. 
and he suddenly forgot one thing about it, that football is about a team, not about an individual who's picking up all these honorary things, which someone gives me an honorary degree, I'll turn around and say, what was that for? Eating a lot of McDonald's when I was younger. Why are you giving me something I haven't earned the right to have? Great. There's a certificate on the wall, and I'm looking at it going, blooming hell, I left school at 15. How did I manage to get that? So it's... um. Wow. People are being brought up in the wrong way now. It's wrong. Too much given too early. And you know what happens when you get overfed, by the way, gentlemen? You sit down, you need to, you sit down, you don't want to run anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Dave, don't take it so personally. Um, Lee <laughs> says, um, uh, he talks about, um, we talk about Foden and Gaza. He says Rooney was also in that. Um, yeah. same I'll, I'll give, I'll give him that one. He, that, that's, that is correct. I did, I, I may be thinking about my era, but yeah, Wayne Rooney. Yeah, it was a a proper proper street street kid, and but he yeah. is like in that sense because all the other kids now they're mostly looking how many you know looking at them and going how many A level you know A levels and whatever they call them have you got before we allow you to come into our academy? Uh, it's as simple um, as that. Oh, he, he's too fidgety in the classroom. He's throwing. Oh, I'm in it. He's throwing chalk at the teacher. <laughs> Um, I don't know who Paul's talking maybe maybe Paul's talking about Dave again because I never did anything as unruly as that. It wasn't Chuck. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't even want to ask. I don't want to ask. Um, we normally would close with a preview, but Dave and Paul just went on the episode of all rants there. So um, I think we'll close the pod with that. Don't but, really but know, before like, we go, can I, can I ask Paul a question which, which didn't come up? And uh, I wanted to bring it up all the way through it. Um, Fulham's, Fulham's winning goal. Harry Maguire is getting a lot of stick in, in, in social media today for not taking, I think it was Traore out. Um, is there an argument for that? I mean, I know there's that, that famous one from Solskjaer many years ago against Newcastle. Maguire takes one for the team. Me, personally, I didn't understand why he didn't clip him. You know, uh, I think in one game suspension, he missed Forrest midweek. They don't... They, I think there was, I think there was a moment when he was, and I thought he should have just taken him out. He should have just yeah. taken him out because yeah, there wasn't. It, it yeah, there got, wasn't. It got to a point where it looked silly when he was running after him, and I thought to myself, "Stop running, mate! You look like an idiot. You're never going to catch him." But there was a moment I think when he could have hit him. It was. It was a bit like the um. The situation was like a bit like the um. Peter Reed one with Maradona, and Harry Maguire was impersonating Peter Reed. And then it come to Terry Fennick. Terry Fennick had already been booked. Yeah. So Terry, Terry Fennick virtually went olay like that. Harry Maguire, in certain ways, should have been sent off in the first half of that challenge he made. I think he was lucky, yeah. I think he yeah, was in, in, to, in today's football, in, I'm only talking today and you know, what's yeah. gone on before. And we're in that world where we're not sure the people who are running the game, what they're thinking and behind things. Um but he should have been. So he's mostly thought to himself, oh, I can't afford to be sent off. There's only two seconds left on the clock. Go out there and, as you just said, just fall in front of him, do something. But he wasn't quick enough in his head when he was close enough to do it. It wasn't It wasn't in his makeup. Now, again, I'm going to go back a little nostalgic. I would have just gone Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce would have just gone bang yeah. and, and gone. And then that would have happened. And he would have accepted it. We would have kind of gone, Bruce, he goes, oh, but he would have gone, he's going to go there and there's going to be a chance. We could end up getting nothing. We've got one, fortunately, we're going to get one point and we're going to be very lucky. He would have gone, we could have had nothing. And he would have done it because Brucey, Brucey may have been, I don't know, pace-wise, it would have been a battle between him and Harry Maguire. The difference is Brucey never, ever looked like he was running in treacle as Maguire does. And Maguire runs like Forrest Gump anyway. But he was that clever, Brucey, really, really clever and astute. The only man I know who would, people would jump for a ball and all of a sudden Brucey would drop off two yards and take it on his chest. He judged it. He was His timing, everything was brilliant. So that's what he would have done. Harry hasn't got that about him to think that way. He was mostly thinking it when he was trying to throw that lasso over Traore, looking to hang on and maybe have a little have a little bit of a ski up behind him because it was after that it was terrible. I was watching him run; it was like a scene, a slow motion Benny Hill moment. Yeah, um, Lee says like a leader start the team. Seen it last week with Bruno. 
in the last minute versus Luton. Yeah, fair point. So I'm not going to let these lads talk about Forest and Man City because I had enough doom and gloom for an hour, over an hour of that. Uh, but and and you robbed me of my big bill, which was to say, you know, obviously, like we're talking about Ten Hag being under pressure and Forest away in the cup is a you know, place where a manager's gone under pressure before. And yeah, all right. Well, I'm, I'm, I was allowed to get it in because you weren't talking about it. But this time next week... We've done we well, Dave. Talk- We've done really well to stop him on that one. Fantastic. Great oh, work, mate. mate. Great work. Like it, it, an hour and three minutes. And, and, and you know what? He's been rushing us through this to get to this point of, oh, Mark Robbins, Mark Robbins. Sorry, go ahead, Wayne. I'm not even going to do it because <laughs> the fact of the matter is I think it might, you know, we could be having a different conversation next Monday morning, you know, like because Forrest got a great chance against us and we could get yeah. crucified against Stay on Sunday. Uh, and we could be uh, talking about history going a different way. And, you know, because it is a game by game thing for Ten Organ. Right now, yeah. <laughs> you'll, survive, you'll survive the end of the season. I've got no doubt about that. I just look at it and I think yeah. if you get two bad results here, this this occurs and um, it made me sad. But we will be back here. The one thing that will make me happy about it is even even listening to you two rant for a few minutes. I would never do something like that. Uh, I, I'm concise. I'm succinct. Say my words as I mean them. Don't ram ever. Over um, a long period of time. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, on on that. Um, now I can get word in ways. I'll just say goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for watching. <laughs> if you've enjoyed it, you can give us a review on, on the platform you're listening on. If you've been listening on the audio, uh, we would very much appreciate it. Have a great week, and we will be back, hopefully after a good one, but um, uh, pessimistically, I'm thinking it's going to be much more difficult uh, this time next week. Um, but yeah, have a good one anyway. Take care. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.